The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Dr. Ben Tapper is a chiropractor who enrolled at Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. The many organizations he was involved with include Diversify Club, Gonstead Club, and Motion Palpation Club, giving him additional training in these methods. He graduated with a Doctor of Chiropractic in 2012, then joined in his father in the practice. A few months later, he came to the West Omaha community, and over the years, Dr. Tapper has taken additional training and is certified in Activator and Atlas Orthogonal. He has also completed all the courses to become a certified chiropractic wellness practitioner. To find out more about Dr. Ben Tapper, please visit his website, thewellnesspoint.com. That's T-H-E-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-P-O-I-N-T-E.com. Ben, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm great. So thank you, my man. I was just saying that you're brother from another mother, but I'm kind of blocking my didgeridoo and I believe didgeridoos are native to your country. So see that? Oh, what a beautiful one. Yes, it's, it's a bamboo. It's not the true didge, but I can't play it anymore with my mustache. So it's, it's been difficult. So other than that, my friend, how are you today? Mate, fantastic. I'm sporting a mustache too, just for, for a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I must ask you a question. Hopefully, we'll must ask each other lots of questions. So, <laughs> tell me about what's behind you. Are you in your office? Or are you in your clinic? I'm in my clinic right now. So, a the guy on my shoulder here—that's BJ Palmer. He's the developer of chiropractic. I have a little bit of a chiropractic history wall. So, there's a little bit more history. One of the stories of Harvey Lillard kicked off chiropractic. He was a janitor who was deaf, and BD Palmer, the founder of chiropractic, basically. He was into healing, magnetic healing, and the natural healing. And he's like, you know what? Can I just palpate your spine? And he found a segment in the spine that wasn't moving. And then he just put motion in the spine. And voila, his hearing came back. And and that story back on that wall here basically describes all that. I don't know if you can maybe see that. There's Harvey Lillard. He's got a mustache of mustaches there, if you can see that. But his hearing came back. And Dee Dee Palmer said, hey, I found the cure for deafness. So all these 
people flocked in. And so Didi's like, well, maybe I didn't find the cure for deafness, but he kept pursuing basically his interest in the body and anatomy and physiology and the nervous system. And he understood that the nervous system is the key to health and really kicked that off. And I replicated that story in 2017. I had a lady come in, I adjusted her upper cervical, her atlas, and she brought me back to the exam room and started bawling. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And she said, my hearing came back. And I said, that's awesome. You know, she came in because she had neck pain. I adjusted her upper cervical and her hearing came back. It wasn't 100%, uh, but it went from 100% deaf to something. So she could hear voice recognition after the adjustment. So that was a huge win. And that was awesome. Basically, that's this whole section here. The story here to my left is actually one of the most interesting things. It's about the Spanish flu. And if you read this whole article, it was actually written by B.J. Palmer over 100 years ago. And it is, you would think you're reading it in today's time because it is identical to what's happening right now. There's so much misinformation. There's absolute propaganda being pushed. There was so much propaganda pushed with the influenza vaccine back over 100 years ago. If we don't remember history, we will forget it and we will repeat it. And it's happening. It's absolutely scary what's happening today. This article was published in the Palmer Beacon. It was in a school newspaper. And basically, it's, it's titled, A Few Fearful Physicians Force Funny Farshal Flu Frivolets for Frenzied Folks. There we go. Say so th- so that three times fast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's why I have to read it. I don't memorize it. I just read it. So take me through that exactly. Like That was 100 years ago. So what was the summation of that article, that it's sort of bullshit? (sighs) Dude, yeah, right. That's 100% hogwash, man. And and it's basically, they're propping these numbers up, these death numbers. They're propping this scare up. They're doing uh, the exact same things that they did 100 years ago. No gatherings, no social gatherings, especially no one under 21 can gather. You need to wear a mask. You, if you don't, I have pictures of people that says, wear a mask or go to jail. And it's unbelievable. And, you know, it's all about just this fear campaign, fear mongering, like this invisible disease that you can just get from asymptomatic people that you, if you don't uh, social distance, if you don't wear a mask, they're going to blame you for not wearing a mask and they're going to blame you for causing this disease. And that's, it's just not the way the body works. It's not how sickness works. It's not how epigenetics works. And it's just, it's all propaganda. And that's the thing. And we need to be speaking truth into this nonsense. So tell me about 100 years ago with that Spanish flu. From your perspective, what was it about? Apart from fear, was there a financial incentive to be gained? Absolutely, especially with the influenza vaccine. This article, if you read over here, it actually states that there's been no, the AMA states that there's no decrease in influenza. There's been no research or no adequate information or anything that's been shown to decrease influenza after the administration of influenza vaccine. So, hey, why do you want to be a guinea pig? Why do you want to be tested on? I have vaccine inserts, influenza vaccine inserts that say the exact same thing. There's been no controlled trials adequately demonstrating a decrease in influenza after the vaccination. So why on earth are you getting that? And this whole mask philosophy is the same, you know, you replace mask with vaccine and it's the same thing. I get the vaccine to protect you. You get the vaccine to protect me. I wear the mask to protect you. You wear the mask to protect me. It's the same song and dance, and that's the same propaganda that's being pushed on the people as it was 100 years ago. Thank you for bringing that up. That is astounding. And I came across you, I sent a viral video of you doing one of the most beautiful, eloquent, passionate 
please. <laughs> I would call it a plea. Right. And take me through that. Take me through the course of events for you to be, and, and tell us where you were and what you were attempting to do by put you, putting yourself in that position because it seemed like enough was enough. Talk to me over the last six months to the point where you're passionately trying to educate people. So last year, I saw this legislation coming earlier last year. Bills in California like SB 277, SB 276, which basically infringe upon your medical rights to have a medical exemption or a philosophical exemption against the vaccine or even a religious exemption against the vaccine. And that concerned me. I follow the vaccine stuff very closely. I have been for years. I study it. I study immunology, everything else. Okay, put that aside. The World Health Organization last year stated that the greatest health threat to the world are unvaccinated people and people that refuse any sort of vaccine. Shortly thereafter, the ACIP for the CDC, the ACIP stands for Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, they stated that we cannot force vaccinate, but we can force compliance. What does that mean? Now, I saw something big coming our way. So I put on a vaccine seminar in October saying, listen, we need to be able to defend our rights because there is some draconian bills coming our way. We need to be watchful. We need to be careful because we only have the rights that we're willing to defend. We need to be proactive in this fight, not reactive. And we need to stand our ground. Well, I saw these bills still coming. I saw tyranny being pushed across the land and boom, Corona hits. It was like a Trojan horse to get this legislation passed. It was all very fitting for the ACIP. It's all coming together. And it's, that's why I call it the pandemic. And I see this as a false flag, not just in our country, but across the world to push this medical tyranny across the land. And it's so corrupt. But prior to this, I go to the meeting of the council we already had a meeting two weeks prior in my office. We had 94 people here because they're trying to push a mask mandate. And I don't wear a mask. I refuse to wear a mask anywhere I go. We held this meeting and everybody was proactive. We spoke up. And then sure enough, 48 hours later, they said, you know what? We're not going to do this mask mandate. So the mayor kind of pushed the buck on the city council. So the city council was holding a meeting for the mask mandate. So we go down there and they stacked the deck in their favor. They had about, I don't know, 10 or 12 docks and they had unlimited amount of time. They had all the time they wanted or needed. And they spoke, some of them spoke for 20 minutes on why masks are so beneficial and so protective and yada, yada, yada. And it was just basically propaganda. It was misinformation. So I had to sit there for two hours to listen to this stuff. I couldn't make a sound. I couldn't speak. I couldn't make a noise or the sheriff would kick you out. And so I had to sit there for two hours to listen to this. So A, I was revved up. I was fired up. And I knew they already had their minds made up. And they gave me three minutes to speak. Three minutes. That was it. So when I got up there, I just had all my points I wanted to make and get my point across. And I prayed that God made those words travel far and wide, my friend. And, and I think he answered that prayer. What was the result of those three minutes in that room? Honestly, it didn't make an impact on the city councilman, but I think it rallied our troops, my friend. You know what I mean? I just want people to understand the situation at hand. We are in a crossroads right now. And right now there is, when I see times like this, I see opportunity. I see an opportunity for a paradigm shift. 
instead of just sitting back and saying, oh man, the world's ending, there's so much doom and gloom, we have a medical tyrannical agenda being pushed on the people, I see a huge opportunity for truth to make it stand. I see an opportunity for true health and wellness to come together and preach the message. Benjamin Franklin said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You know, and we need to stand together and have a unified voice of true health and wellness and prevention and speak that to the people and be a light in the darkness and really give these people a glimpse of hope that they can be well. I did that video, so I got a lot of backlash saying, well, you know what, I have a genetic condition and he doesn't understand that. Well, you don't understand the difference between genetic type pathology and epigenetic diseases. And that's the thing. If a genetic type pathology is like cystic fibrosis or Down syndrome, there's something wrong with the genetic blueprint, the genome, and you can never change that. I don't care how you move, how you think, and how you eat, nothing will change that. But epigenetic disease is a disturbed condition brought on by how we eat, how we move, and how we think. And I said this, your level of health is a genetic expression of your lifestyle choices. And when we have a disturbed condition in the body, like coronavirus, is due to an allostatic load on the body that is so great that your body brings basically cannot handle the load anymore, and then we have a disturbed condition. It's like basically we love the, the rocks in the backpack analogy. We put rocks in the backpack. We're all treading water in a pool. That's called life. We're just treading water, okay? And stresses, toxicities, deficiencies, whatever it may be, we're putting rocks in our backpack, stresses. And eventually, I'm going to have a really hard time swimming in that pool. But allostatic load means your body will adapt its physiology to meet that allostatic load. Your body will adapt its physiology to meet the stress it's under. And that is called allostatic load. We need to understand that. If we can understand that, then we can understand how to get healthy. The key to that, well, there's two parts of that. First off, live in an environment and have the philosophy so that we're not putting the rocks into our backpack. They might just be little, little grains of sand or pebbles. <laughs> and, you know, I think human beings will always have something, you know, that we're dealing with, <laughs> so to speak, you know, the challenges of life, as you say. But then on the other side of things, and, and that's prevention, I would say. And then the other side of life is how do we get rid of those rocks? And what do we start with? Because it also is not our destiny to be swimming around with a backpack that is so heavy that causes us to have the disease or the illness. So where do you go with your patients? And why I love speaking with chiropractors is chiropractors all around the world seem to have a very open mind. Why is that? So we were taught that the body is self-healing, self-regulating. And so I believe that God made the body. He heals the body. But there's an innate intelligence, whatever you want to call it, there's an energy in the body. And so it's telling, when we were born, two cells came together and formed a human body. That in itself is a miracle, right? And your nervous system is the first master control organ to be developed in the womb. We were taught that in chiropractic school, that that nervous system controls every cell, every tissue, every organ in the body. And you see the problem with other physicians, nothing. there's some phenomenal physicians out there. There's some phenomenal doctors out there. But our education system compartmentalizes the body. It compartmentalizes our sciences. It compartmentalizes our healthcare. There's specialists in every field. We compartmentalize the body for ease of study. But the nervous system is one unit. 
if you looked at the nervous system and put it out on a poster, it's one ginormous unit working together, controlling every cell, every tissue, every organ in your body. And we live our life through that nervous system. And so basically, chiropractors were taught that story. We were taught that message and we get it. If you cut your arm, you know, you put a bandaid on that cut, you have no doubts in your mind that that cut will heal. In fact, if it doesn't heal, you're like, why isn't it healing? Why do we think that other conditions or disturbed diseases are any different? You just got to give the body what it needs and it will heal. And that's the chiropractic message. We understand that. And chiropractors, we need to unite. This isn't a chiropractic message, but chiropractors get the message. You see what I'm saying? That's what it's all about. We need to speak that to the people because the people are starving for this message. They need to hear that, that they can be well. Don't become your diagnosis. I got thrown from a truck at 80 miles an hour when I was a freshman in college and I broke my back in three spots. The hospital, the doctor said, you are lucky to be alive, but you're not going to be able to really lift anymore, be active. You're not going to be able to do the things that you used to do. And I went to a chiropractor in Illinois and it was like he changed my life. And that was it. And now I started exercising. I lost 40, 50 pounds. And now I'm preaching it. And that's why I tell people, do not become your diagnosis. You can be well. Big Pharma loves to just convince you that you have this diagnosis and there's nothing you can do about it. Just take this medication for the rest of your life and don't question anything. Now, medicine serves a great purpose. It can be life-saving in situations, but it does not fit in the wellness and prevention paradigm. It's an allopathic model. We need to understand that. But if we give the body what it needs, it can be well. And I've said this, and I say this a thousand times, I'm a broken record, and you'll hear other chiropractors say the same thing, but your body's ability to be well, to heal itself, to overcome disease is far greater than anyone has ever permitted you to believe. And that includes our own government, our own CDC, Dr. Fauci, or whoever it may be that's telling you that you can't be well, that there's no hope for this coronavirus. And that's absolutely, like you said earlier, bullshit, right? Mm, I just saw today Fauci has a throat issue or he's just been in hospital or whatever has gone down. I'm not sure whether you're up to date with that or not, but I saw an interesting meme and I don't mean no disrespect here, but when you've got a throat issue, it's generally, if you look at it on a metaphysical level, it's because of something that you're saying, either you're not speaking the truth, your truth. And something that happens here, you know, I'm probably going to lose a lot of listeners here and viewers, but that was how I was introduced to health and wellness. It was a chiropractor, actually, when I was 17. Before that, I had no idea, but I got stuck putting a VHS in the, in the machine. And I was like, oh, fuck, this isn't really good as a 17-year-old. I'm stuck, bent over. And luckily, there was a chiropractor down the road, and we went down there. My mum took me. And within 20 minutes, I was upright walking again. But in that first consultation, consultation they talked about the body, the mind, and also our terrain, basically, is physical, structural, and chemical. These are the things that can cause this imbalance. And then from there, I, I learned about Louise Hay talking about the metaphysical side and the spiritual side of why diseases may form in different parts of the body. I was like, this is amazing. And you can see the correlations as you go along. And I've been seeing chiropractors now for 30 years, plus naturopaths. I don't see a doctor, although I had a surfing accident recently. I went to the hospital because they needed to check me out, and I'm grateful for trauma care. But we have the ability to heal ourselves. I'd love for you to talk about the things that we need to do to heal ourselves. First, before you do that, I want you to talk about the analogy you used in your passionate plea about the plant. 
if you don't mind, because I've never heard that before and I think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Well, the thing is, it's the wilted plant that sits in the sun illustration. You know, first of all, when we look at that, most people will say, hmm, now this is the difference between the allopathic mindset and the wellness epigenetic mindset. Okay, now, like I said, I'm not here to bash medicine or allopathics. Basically, they are the masters of crisis care. They are the masters of emergency care. That's their paradigm. When they operate out of that paradigm, when they try to push vaccines or anything that's trying to fit in that wellness paradigm, they get it wrong. They don't understand it. They can never fit an allopathic model in a wellness paradigm. It does not work. It needs to be keep staying your lane. But looking at a, an illust- the illustration of the wilted plant that sits in the sun, the allopathic way of treating that is to cut the leaves off, to medicate and vaccinate that plant or shield it from the sun, not realizing the sun is actually beneficial. They just try to shield and say, stay away from the sun. It's killing the plant. A wellness and epigenetic approach would be to give it water. And that's as simple as it is because that plant has an innate intelligence, just like you and I. We're no different. There's a life force in that plant. And we don't need to interfere with that. We just need to trust that that force is in that plant and that we, if we just give that plant what it needs, it'll be well. And the body is no different. If we give the body what it needs, we can trust that innate intelligence inside the body that's telling our, hearts, our heart to beat, our lungs to breathe, our cells to communicate. If we give that what it needs, it can be well. Take me through what it needs. And I love that analogy because we've got a garden out here on our farm and we just planted some strawberries and different things and water, nutrients, sun. Right. And a bit of love, we go out there and talk to it and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and put some energy into it as well. And now we've got the, the, our first beautiful strawberry and it looks like it's going to be ready to pick in two days' time. Right. And, you know, the body's no different. We need love too. We're not just human beings having a spiritual experience, but we are absolutely 100% spiritual beings. And we need to understand that we're just spiritual vessels. So what we put into the mind, what we look at, what we do throughout the day, that affects our spirit, it affects our mind, it affects our thoughts. That's our emotions. And the body from a neural standpoint, a neurology standpoint, when we think from a neurology standpoint, it's just the same as movement. If you look at the brain while you think, it, you can't tell the difference between movement and thinking. Now, how crazy is that? Our thoughts can change your physiology in an instant. And if we change our thoughts, we can change the world. Your thoughts have so much to do with your physiology and your level of health. So we need to focus on the good. We need to focus on what's right, what's good. And if we're struggling with depression or if we're struggling with anxiety, then sometimes, a lot of the times, there could be a deficiency issue. It could be a toxicity issue. It could be a trauma issue. We need spiritual help. I am a spiritual guy. I have a relationship with Christ. That's my belief. And we are spiritual beings. And so we need to, in my opinion, we need to have faith We need to have fitness. We need to move well. We need to exercise. Movement's an essential nutrient. We need to move well. And movement in the spine alone generates 90% of the stimulation nutrition to that nervous system. So movement is essential. And I'm a big supporter of like barefoot type shoes and just walking around because 
the feet or the bottom of the spine. And the more we move, the more we're going to charge that brain. There's so much proprioception that goes on there. And when we restrict the feet, if you look at the shoes, they restrict the feet so much. They pad the arch and it feels good because my arch isn't moving. So it feels good. And I have all these pointed toe shoes that restrict the toes from flexing out while you're moving. And it's terrible for the feet and that can cause issues. And so we need to move. If you look at like neurodegeneration, like dementia, uh, Parkinson's, all these issues, what is the number one sign of that? The early signs is lack of movement. They can't move well. And so we need to be moving well. And that's what chiropractic is all about. We find joints in the spine or in the body that aren't moving well and restore that function in the body. We restore that movement. And, you know, if we treated our teeth like we do our feet, we'd all be indentures. So we need to take care of the feet that we have. We need to move well. The second thing we need to do, so we need to focus on food. We need to focus on good foods. The foods that we consume are modified. They're nutritionally bankrupt foods. We kill all the good bacteria, not realizing that God created that food for a symbiotic relationship. So when we eat that food, that bacteria goes to work. We're so germophobic anymore, but we have 10 times more bacteria in our body than cells. We need to understand that. We, it's a symbiotic relationship, people. We need to understand, hey, good bacteria. We don't need to fear bacteria. It's good bacteria. Just like when I go into the doctor, I have a sore throat, and they swab my throat and say, well, you got strep throat. Well, if I swab your throat and you don't have a sore throat, guess what? They're going to find streptococcus bacteria in your throat. So why is there no overaccumulation of streptococcus bacteria in my throat? Hmm. We're asking those good questions. Now, so another thing. We have food, right? So we need good food. We need good nutrition. We need good probiotics. We need, and, and, and I'm a big proponent, A, of omega-3 fats. We need good fats in the body. We need to stay away from these processed foods. I have McDonald's in my office that's over 11 years old. It's not moldy. It doesn't smell. It looks like I bought it yesterday. And it's nutritionally bankrupt foods. And so we need to stay away from that. Those foods are not going to give you energy. They're not going to bring you health. It's just cardboard. And it's full of toxicities. So we have faith, fitness, function, and food. And function is the next one. We need to function well. And function, there's a lot of therapies that help you function. In my field, chiropractic is a great source to help the nervous system function. And my whole purpose of getting into chiropractic is the restoration and maintenance of the integrity of that nervous system. We need to make sure that nervous system is well and functioning well. And that is the true key to health. My family and I have been using beautiful, high-quality essential oils for the last 20 years to live healthily every single day. Now, if you're passionate about health and are ready to step into leadership, I want to invite you to partner with my team and I to build a beautifully successful doTERRA business. Register at PeteHLC.com backslash Pete. That's PeteHLC, which stands for the Healthy Living Collective, dot com backslash Pete. Mm, I love you, brother. Thank you so much for that. And it's interesting, you bring up McDonald's. And I've been a chef for many years. And one of the things that I've talked about is healthy food. And people often say to me, why don't you camp, you know, why don't you, I never see you campaigning against junk food or sugar. And I say to people, I say, well, that's a choice. That's free will. Because when I'm driving down the highway or the street and I see a McDonald's, I have the choice whether I go in there or not. They're not throwing hamburgers down my throat as I'm passing by and forcing me to eat them. Big gulps of Coke from 7-Eleven, you know, why should I campaign against that? Because it's free will. And people say, well, why, why do you talk about vaccines? I'm like, well, it doesn't look like it might be free will coming down the path. 
right. it doesn't seem like we might have a choice down the path. That concerns me as a, as a human being that we should be able to live our lives without causing anybody any harm, do no harm, go about our journey. If you want to be a vegan, you, you choose to eat plant food. If you want to be a carnivore, you choose to eat animal food and everything in between. If you choose not to eat any food, then some people do that as well. They like to fast for a long period of time. So be it. You know, we can't judge people for their choices in life if they're not causing any harm. I know there's intricacies in all of that, but the main one in, I think, why I was so drawn to you is you can see potentially what's coming and based off that 100-year-old history that's right behind you, like, fuck, we're in a really awkward Awkward's real. I don't even know how. It, it, we're on the precipice of if we don't stand up and change this, we're going to go down a very slippery slope very quickly. And let's point this out because this is my perception. I don't know what's going to be in this vaccine. I mean, I've heard of everything from it might cause sterility or infertility in some, it might cause autoimmune disease. Who knows? And, and I've had many experts on the podcast talking about what happens in vaccines normally to people. Say, for instance, Ben Tappert lines up and he is forced to have a vaccine. You might get a sore arm and maybe a fever. And here's where it gets really tricky for people to realise because in Australia they just announced that it will be mandatory this week. Interestingly enough, the company that is they're in bed with, our government, has been fined a billion dollars in bribes, corruption, Basically, they've had to pay out damages as well. And not one journalist has commented on that, that our government has just done a deal with a pharmaceutical company or vaccine manufacturer that has already paid out a billion dollars. And I guess where I'm going with this is they've said that they, and not only our government, but say the Bill and Melinda Gates recently on a video, they said they're going to give it to our most vulnerable first when it becomes available. They're going to give it to our most vulnerable. And looking at the studies and the clinical trials they've done when they're rushing this out, they're only bringing in healthy people to test it on. And those healthy people have a reaction to it, sometimes severe, sometimes not as much. So personally, I'm like, well, if it does come and I have to have it, if they fucking strap me down with a gun to my head and put it in me, I potentially, I believe I'll be able to deal with it. But for other people? that have not lived my life looking after my health and yours, you see them coming into your clinic. How are they going to react to something that's an assault on our immune system? I want you to talk about this because this is the part that I don't see anybody really talking about. Well, remember allostatic load, the rocks in the backpack. How many rocks do these people already have in their backpack? When's the threshold for their body to go underwater? When is enough enough? Now, these vaccines do cause an inflammatory response. Make no mistake. And we need to be able to speak our truth and speak truth and have the freedom of choice in this matter because it is coming our way. I listened to that Australian broadcast this morning. The guy said that they're going to use a stick or something along those lines if you refuse. What does that mean? And it's going to be able to, if you don't wear a mask in society, you are almost, you feel this shame and people are calling you out, there's going to be, in my prediction, they'll be able to do the same thing with the vaccine. 
They're going to make you wear something if you refuse the vaccine to shame you, to guilt trip you into getting this vaccine. But the people that have injury, there's already an epidemic of vaccine injury. I see it. I see it in my office. I see it firsthand. I can't tell you all the stories I've seen in my office. I see a lot of kids in my practice. I've seen kids that they get their vaccines and the kids, they're unconsolable. They're screaming through the night. Their lymph nodes are all swollen. Their legs get swollen. And they go back to the pediatrician. Oh, they had the vaccine. That's normal. That's normal. Don't worry about it. They had 105 fever. They're in the ER all night, unconsolable. That's normal. That's what they're told. Go home. Don't worry about it. We had another one that had a six or a kindergartner shots. Within the hour of the shot, the kid couldn't even walk, could barely walk. And she brought him to the ER and the doc said, oh, he'll be fine by morning. Well, she went home, put her six-year-old in bed, and she just felt this intuition to go check on her boy at two in the morning. She just woke up and wanted to check on him. He was on the floor in his own urine, trying to scream. He had Guillain-Barre, and they had to air flight him to the hospital. And is that normal? And I have a good friend. His name's Nick. He was an audiologist. He got transverse myelitis. He was a healthy 36-year-old man. Healthy as can be, very fit, very active. He ate well. He understood the message, but in the service, they forced him to get the vaccine and he got transverse myelitis. Same thing. We named these diseases like Guillain-Barre, transverse myelitis, meningitis, and even polio, but it's all the same song and dance, inflammation in the nervous system. That's what these vaccines cause. You're playing Russian roulette with the vaccine because if you look at the inflammatory processes that occur after a vaccine, you'll understand that the body's doing what it thinks it needs to do. It releases all the inflammatory responses because you're entering the needle into the skin, which is not, uh, does not trigger a proper immune response. It triggers an inflammatory response, which is part of the immune system. But, you know, you have immunoglobulins. You have different forms of those. You have IgG, IgA, IgM, IgE. IgE is responsible for releasing inflammation. And when histamine is released in the body, it opens up the blood-brain barrier, makes it permeable, allowing these aluminum adjuvants and other toxicities to enter that nervous system, causing massive problems. And it might not cause a problem right away, but it will cause a lot of other issues. Alzheimer's is just like a leaky brain issue. You got, and if you look at the autopsy reports and all these Alzheimer's people, they have one thing in common, blood-brain barrier disruption. Basically, it looks like Swiss cheese. And the microglial cells in the brain, they're not doing what they're supposed to. There's diminished glial cells in the brain. There's plaque in the brain due to decreased oxygen levels, which is from inflammation. I firmly believe that this is all vaccine-related. If we could understand and just see the damage that occurs from these vaccinations, there would be a revolution overnight. So take us through, and I don't mean to predict anything, but let's just say that this path continues to unfold. And like what I said, they start doing this on the, vulnerable, the most vulnerable in our community, the elderly, the immunocompromised. Hmm. What do you think is going to happen? And will that be the catalyst or do you think they will just keep perpetuating that they died of COVID? You know, when we look at history, the medical community or just so-called scientists love to just blame something on a virus. If we can't explain the cause, it's a virus. It's a virus. And the patients believe it. The lay people believe it. Just like scurvy, we blame scurvy on a virus. But really, is it a vitamin C deficiency? Polio, virus. But really, was it? Was it arsenic pesticides that we're using, lead-based pesticides, DDT that we're spraying everywhere? And, you know, if you look at 
the coronavirus. It's a respiratory issue. Prior to 2020, how many people really knew the word COVID-19? I have yet to meet one person that knew COVID-19 or even heard of a coronavirus. And everything that I've ever researched with coronavirus is common cold. Common cold. We had, you know, we had corona vaccines for other animals because it's just a common cold. And it's impossible to really narrow a common cold vaccine down to a specific genome. But anyway, you know, when this coronavirus vaccine comes out, you can put your money on that there's going to be massive injury, massive issues, and they will blame it just on the coronavirus. And I've read things too, and I don't know how much merit there is to this, but I've seen predictions that there's going to be an increase in a virus that's causing paralysis in children or another increase of infantile paralysis. And what does that tell you? It's scary. We already know that these live attenuating vaccines, polio vaccines are causing, in fact, polio. Polio is just an inflammatory process in the spine. We diagnose polio by observing inflammation in the anterior horn of the gray matter, which is responsible for sending motor neurons into the legs. And that polio actually means gray. And so when we observe inflammation in the anterior horn, the diagnosis of polio, and what do you know, the kids can't walk, and that inflammation can spread up to the nervous system, causing other issues like the inability to breathe. And, you know, I asked the question, what's the difference between meningitis, transverse myelitis, and Guillain-Barre? It's all the same song and dance, inflammation of the spinal cord. So anyway, I digress. Solutions. You mentioned before the healthcare professionals coming together, that I know in Australia, and, and this is just my perception, what I've heard is say, the nurses and the doctors that work in hospitals and GPs, they will be stripped of their license and removed from their jobs if they speak out about any such thing that you've just spent the last 40 minutes explaining. Well, I'm forming a nonprofit organization right now in the middle of it. I have about, in the last three days, I had a lot of interest. I probably got 20 or so docs that have come to me and they have supported me this year just with things I posted or messages that I'm speaking and, and they've shown support. And so I'm gathering the troops, my friend. And we are going to be united in our voice in the message of true health and wellness and prevention. And we're going to take this by the reins. The time is now, my friend, that we have health warriors. We have people that are passionate about true health and wellness. We are going to be a light in the darkness. I know this sounds crazy. I know what this sounds like. This sounds absolutely absurd. But I am a spiritual guy, so I'm not trying to push anybody away. But I'm just going to tell you, when I got down to that meeting, I prayed, God, turn me into a lion. Turn me into a lion. I went down there, and then a good friend of mine, a few days later, sends me Proverbs 28, 1. that says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. I was like, dude, that was awesome. That was like confirmation. And then the next thing I get, I get this visual of polystrate fossils. Do you know what a polystrate fossil is? No, I don't. Okay, I don't know if you can pull up an image on Zoom. Possibly not. <laughs> Okay, let me, I'm just going to see if I can do this. If you could see that. Yes, I can see that. Mm -hmm. That is a fossilized tree in these rock layers. Wow. I kept seeing this image of these polystrate fossils. Like, what is that about? Why am I seeing this image? What, why do I see this? What is going on here? And I was like, that's a polystrate fossil. Why am I seeing this? I can't figure it out. And I'm telling you, I think God was telling me, we're taught that these rock layers were formed billions and billions of years ago, billions and billions of years ago. Then all of a sudden we have this fossilized tree. We have thousands of them all over these rock layers. And it's interesting. And I was like, okay, what's the point? The point was, that it's like, I believe that God flooded the earth at one time and those trees were fossilized in these rock layers. Now they're fossilized vertically standing. 
if the earth was billions and billions of years ago, those trees would have fallen over and been fossilized horizontally with the ground. So I'm going, okay, what's the point of this? What's the point? Well, he said, we need to be like polystrate fossils. We need to gather the polystrate fossils, stand our ground, be solidified in truth and integrity in the midst of misinformation and these lies. Because the rest of the world are believing the rock layers and all this other stuff, and that resembles today's time. We're being fed all this misinformation, all this propaganda, all the lies, but we need to be solidified in truth and integrity. And I know that sounds crazy. I know what that sounds like on the other side of that story. And so I'm like, okay. Well, then two days later, I kept seeing these lighthouses. I kept seeing lighthouses. I get this vision of these lighthouses. I was in my mom's old house. I was standing there. I could see myself in the, in the room. I saw these lighthouses. I saw ceramic lighthouses. And I was like, what's that about? Well, no joke. A friend of mine sent me a thing that says, Watchmen can be classified and resembled as lighthouses. They stand their ground in the midst of these storms. They bring the light to the darkness to harbor people in from danger. <laughs> and that's what we need to do. We need to stand our ground in the midst of the storm. And we need to be a light in the darkness. And that video went viral. Why? Why now? And I say, if I did that a year ago, it would have fallen on deaf ears. But why did that video go across the world? And why am I talking with you right now? You're in Australia, in a, a completely different world. Because right now, these times are revolutionary times to be, and especially when we speak truth, it's a revolutionary act. And so the time is now for a paradigm shift. We need to gather the people that care about humanity, that care about health and wellness, and we need to be speaking this message. We need to take the reins of this thing, and we need to lead people out of darkness, like those lighthouses. We need to harbor people in to safety, because you and I know that these vaccines are tyranny. They're causing real harm on people, and we need to inspire others that they can be well. Right now, the CDC and all these other people, these so-called experts, are telling these people that there's no hope until this vaccine comes out. There's nothing you can do until this vaccine comes out, and that's 100% propaganda. I've yet to hear anything about vitamin D sufficiency or supplementation, good sleep, good rest, good relationships. You know, all this is doing is causing high stress. Cortisol is high. And that can affect the immune system. In fact, that's one of the main three functions of cortisol is it has the immune system suppression. Mm. Yeah, Ted Ross from the World Health Organization came out overnight saying that he believes the coronavirus will be gone in two or three years once we have a vaccine. Is the flu gone? But then what's next? Right. It worked so well this time. Right, my friend. Right. You know, the flu vaccine's been around for how long? Forever. I mean, it's been around way longer than I've been around. And I see, and you hear flu outbreaks every year. Every year. The flu deaths, just like the corona deaths. If you look at the NVSS, the National Vital Statistics Reporting System for the CDC, they're hard to find these numbers, but they funnel. The coronavirus is not going to kill you. The flu is not going to kill you. What's harmful and what's deadly is pneumonia. Viral bacterial pneumonia. You get fluid in the lungs. That scares you more than anything else. And the flu, and that can lead to that in people that are uh, deficient or, you know, but 90% of those deaths are in the elderly. They usually have other comorbidities and other issues. They don't have healthy lifestyles. They're stuck in nursing homes. They're on 13 plus medications. They're not the ideal candidate. So I feel like they're not even, they don't even count in this when reporting stats. How many healthy people die of pneumonia? I would say that probably next to none. You see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of manipulation with the data. Well, Ben, this has been a beautiful conversation, very eye-opening conversation as well. And I want to congratulate you for your tenacity, your strength, your vision, because it is a vision. 
and I can see the love pouring out of you and and shining bright like that lighthouse and also like that fossilized tree, brother. You're fucking strong. I'm so grateful that for the opportunity to spend some time with you today. And once you have the nonprofit or once you set up and ready to share, please let me know and I will shout it from the <laughs> rooftops, brother. I love it, man. You are my brother from another mother, dude. And I am so thankful and grateful that I got to be on your show. I'm trying to stay humble in all the attention because I'm just, I'm a simple guy and I don't like, I tell my wife, I'm like, I would joke around and say, Hey, it went viral. I got four shares and she would laugh. And now I know what it's like for something to go truly viral, you know, and I'm just so thankful. And I think you had a huge part in that and sharing that on your platform. And so thank you so much, man. I'm so grateful and, and honored and to just be meeting with you. And my wife's like, she knew who you were. She's like, I've seen him on TV. And, and she was really excited to hear. I was like, you know, so, so thank you. I want to ask you one last question. Do you think you've been preparing for this your whole life? Oh, dude, you hit the nail on the head, my friend. I've been saying this for years. I felt like God's been preparing me for something so much greater, so much bigger, and I couldn't figure it out. And honestly, I try to run from it. There's a story in the Bible about Jonah that God gave him a plan. He said, hey, you got to go do this and to tell people in Nineveh to change their life, to turn it around. And Jonah's like, dude, screw that. I'm leaving, man. I'm running. I don't want to go there. I don't want to, do, I don't want to have anything to do with it. So God, you know, like he like tried to run across the country and get in the ship and say, see it later. Well, the, you know, God sent a storm and then he jumped in the water and sent a massive well to swallow him. And then he said three days later, boom, said, spit him out on the beach and said, now Jonah, go tell these people. So Jonah did it. But I felt like I can understand what Jonah felt like. It's scary to get out there and speak truth. It's scary to put yourself out there on the line and be vulnerable. But I do feel like the past few years that I have been prepped for this. I study it. I, sometimes I don't want to. I'm like, why am I so passionate about this topic? Why am I so passionate about vaccines, immunology, epigenetics, understanding how the body works? Why? Because it's not a fun topic to talk about. People think you're crazy. You know, they're ignorant. They just don't want to know. And you know, what you don't know is not what makes you ignorant. What makes you ignorant is just your unwillingness to, to know, to understand, to seek truth. That's what makes you ignorant. To just, and the highest level of ignorance is to reject something you don't understand, you don't know anything about. That is the highest level of ignorance. And that happens all the time, especially in the vaccine industry or in the vaccine philosophy. It's like people underestimate. I've dedicated my life to this. I've dedicated my life to the study of this. And someone can do a Google search and slap me with a link saying, see, what you just said is untrue. And I was like, you just literally spent five seconds searching and found a link and sent it my way and think that's going to debunk me. All that does is irritate me. I just pray for these people that they just wake up, that their eyes are opened to the nonsense that this is. So yes, man, you hit the nail on the head. I've, I've said it to so many people that I've just been, I feel like I've just been preparing for this. Yes. Well, I think you're the right man for the job, brother. Journey well, and you have a lot of support. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Love you too, Pete. And God bless you, my friend. And thank you so much. If you would like to become a qualified health coach, then the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, or IIN for short, can help you achieve your goals. I completed the health coaching course many years ago, which has been one of the catalysts for my own journey into what I now love to do, which is to help people achieve greater health through the sharing of information through my books, seminars, podcasts, TV shows, and films. I recommend IIN for anyone wishing to pursue a career in the health coaching and wellness space. 
IIN is a one-year course, so that if you're a full-time worker, busy parent, or wherever you are in your life, it is flexible enough so you'll be able to complete all the required curriculum. Please see the link included in the podcast show notes or my website to access the free sample class and first module of their program. This will give you a great taste of the format as well as the structure, and you can also utilize my special discount that I can offer you if you decide to sign up. Make sure you tell the admissions team that you're part of the Pete Evans Tuition Savings to claim your very substantial discount. Please visit integrativenutrition.com or email admissions at integrativenutrition.com. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.